Welcome to episode number 32 of Nurses Living the Good Life. My name's Anne Conkley. I'm a certified nurse midwife and a certified life and business coach, and I'm so glad that you're here. I have a great interview today with Ashley Taylor, who is an adult Gero NP who works in headache medicine and specifically in neurology. And she also has a booming real estate business on the side. And so I interviewed her. She is one of the uh, clients in my group coaching program. And I wanted to talk with her and have her share her experience of developing a real estate portfolio and really the tremendous uh, amount of experience that she's gotten and growth that she's seen with uh, this business over the past two years or so. So in this interview, we talk about how she got started, how over the course of a weekend and uh, a podcast, she got this wild idea to start a real estate portfolio and to uh, buy some houses and to become a landlord. And we talk about some of the challenges that she's had and really some of the ways in which she's been able to repackage and repurpose what she's learned as a nurse and an advanced practice nurse and uh, and funneled that into a an endeavor which started off as a side business and is now making enough money to replace her clinical income. So, so listen in and uh, I know there are a lot of pearls in here and I hope that you enjoy it. Ashley, I'm so glad that you're here. All right. So Ashley Taylor, I've got her here today. We're going to talk a little bit about, you know, as we usually do about nurses living the good life and her version of it. And what I think um, is so interesting too, is um, Ashley, some of the work that you do in particular with real estate. And so I would, you know, I hope that we um, can discuss a little bit about that, but, and I think this is going to be a really interesting conversation because very often, and maybe this is something that you can relate to when we think of ways in which to repackage and repurpose what we do and to use it in different ways or to be out of the box thinkers, sometimes real estate might not be the first thing that comes up in terms of an opportunity. And um, I think you're a great example of what could be possible if you decided to go all in on it. Um, and so, so without um, further delay, Ashley, introduce yourself if you would, and just give people a sense of um, a little bit about your background and then um, and kind of what you're doing clinically. And then we'll talk a little bit more about the things you're doing on the side. Yeah, sounds good. Well, thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. So I'm an adult geriatric nurse practitioner, and I'm also certified in headache medicine. I work in a private practice uh, that's a combination of orthopedics and neurology, and I'm in the neurology department. So kind of a typical day, I'm usually seeing like 15 to 20 patients um, doing procedures like Botox, injections, um, follow-ups for chronic conditions, that sort of thing. So that's kind of my usual nine to five, so to speak. Um, but I do work Monday through Thursday with Fridays off because that is my version of at least partially living the good life. Okay. Wait, so do you, are you a 1.0 FTE? Um, so I actually have my hours set at, I'm a 0.5 FTE, but I typically work like 0.75 to 0.8 FTE, but I just have it kind of set where I have some flexibility. So I don't have to work up to that amount unless, or, you know, I don't have to work beyond 0.5 FTE if I don't want to like that particular week or something, which I found to be really helpful for like vacation flexibility and that sort of thing. Absolutely. Was it always that way? Or did, is this something that you created or, or, uh, advocated for yourself to, to happen? 
Good question. Uh, it's something that I advocated for myself over time. Initially, our PTO structure was not very competitive, especially compared to other um, systems in the area. And we worked to improve that, but I also kind of worked my own angle to make it better for myself while we were working on making additional changes, like kind of overall. Were you hired into 1.0 FTE role? Yeah. Okay. And how long, how long have you been working? I've been a nurse practitioner for eight years and I was a nurse for four years before that. What made you get into the headache portion of it? It was so almost kind of random. Um, Basically, I was covering for uh, another APP while she was on maternity leave. I was on the ortho side of things. When she came back, um, you know, it was just kind of like a temporary position to to get things started and while she was on maternity leave. So once she came back, I needed a job. And then the um, neurologist in our practice needed an APP. And so I kind of went over that way and it ended up working out great. Um, I started doing kind of injections and seeing headache patients on day one. And I was like, I love this. I can do procedures. I can manage chronic conditions. It keeps things interesting. Oh, okay. So, so was, so headaches weren't necessarily something that you were in love with prior to this new, this position. And honestly, um, this neurologist had approached me previously and just said, Hey, if any of your friends are looking for a job, I'm getting ready to post a listing. And I honestly thought to myself, who likes neurology? I don't think I even know anyone who likes neurology. (laughs) So I obviously ate those words later because I love neurology. And actually now I'm married to that neurologist. So Oh my God. That's hilarious. That very, very uh, funny serendipity of the world. <laughs> now that is something, no wonder this person was like, Hey, you know, somebody wink, wink. How about you? <laughs> uh-huh. Oh, that's funny. Okay. How long have you been married? We've been married for four years. Oh, good for you. Okay. Um, okay. So, so tell me about, um, so tell us a little bit about, um, when this kind of real estate, you dappling in the real estate market, like when it happened and what prompted it? I want to start there. Yeah, that sounds good. So um, I kind of like to joke that every four years I get a little bit bored with what I'm doing, or I kind of think what's next, because I think we're almost set up that way. You know, you have four years of high school, four years of college. I ended up working as a nurse for four years while I was going through NP school. And so then, you know, once I was at my job for four years, I was kind of like, oh, well, what's next? Or what am I, you know, what happens now? And so around that time, I started studying and um, got certified in headache medicine. So that was kind of my little almost pet project at the time. But um, my husband and I really enjoy traveling. And when the pandemic hit, obviously, like everyone else, our travel plans were just totally wiped. So we started looking into like different podcasts. I love true crime and that sort of thing, but obviously that can only entertain you for so long. So we had actually been talking kind of at random a little bit about getting into real estate in terms of rentals. And my husband, his parents and his sister had they've largely been involved in the real estate market. Um, So it was something that he was familiar with, not necessarily something that I was familiar with. And so we started listening to a podcast. We actually did like a weekend camping trip, like one of the only options during the height of the pandemic, honestly. So 
we had like five hours in the car and we listened to this podcast and we were like, well, that sounds interesting, but I don't know. And so we um, got hooked up with a realtor through our financial planner and we're like, let's just meet her and just kind of get some ideas on if this is possible and whatnot. And she was awesome, but honestly, we both had like kind of cold feet. We were like, I don't think we're quite ready for it. And I don't, you know, I think you're you're always waiting for some major sign or something that like, Hey, time to do this. Mm -hmm. Um, So she just signed us up for the um, MLS listings just based off of, Hey, single family home in this particular area in roughly this price range. And we were doing some homework on, you know, what does a rental typically go for and that sort of thing. Well, anyways, um, it started to have more of an interest and I kind of pushed it along. I was like, let's go see some houses. Let's um, see what we think. And so we did. And it kind of really blew up from there. And when you say blew up, tell me, what does blew up mean? <laughs> tell me more about that. Well, I will say like when I'm into something, I kind of like to get all into it. So we bought our first rental home in December of 2020. And, um, we've purchased eight since that time. Okay. And these are all homes that you not necessarily for flips, but to rent. Right. And why rental, why rental versus like flipping something? Yeah. Great question. So honestly, I don't feel like I have the time or skill necessarily to flip things. Like out of the eight that we bought one, we did, um, do significant work in the kitchen and had the floors redone and that sort of thing. And honestly, we probably could have sold it and made a good profit off of that almost as if a flip, but I like the long investment of, you know, having a rental set up and then that's just making money and you're not necessarily needing to do much with it kind of long-term and then in the future sell it. Sure. But Tell me about, um, why it feels like, why it felt like a good fit. Cause I mean, you know, you could make the argument that, you know, you've got, um, now a certification, you know, through a better understanding of doing headaches, you've got the ability to do procedures, you've got, um, experience under your belt as an MP, like what stood out about the opportunity with real estate versus something like opening a practice or doing something that was more healthcare related. Right. That makes, that's, that makes sense because for some people you're already in that and just keep going with it makes sense. Um, I just like the idea of diversifying things because, you know, I think as we all saw in the pandemic, there are plenty of jobs or um, fields that everybody thought were kind of indestructible and you would be good to go no matter what, if you were in that field. But as we all saw, everyone's plans got interrupted. So the people who were kind of doing the best were potentially people who had um, various abilities to do different jobs or various sources of income. Mm -hmm. I was just talking to someone the other day who is a professional driver and he was like, I went months without any work. And, you know, I I don't like the insecurity of all of your eggs being in one basket like that. Mm -hmm. So, so then to you, how did you, cause I mean, if you're buying a house, right? Like how did you come across or did you come across any of the fear around, like, we're going to make another investment at home and, um, and the, the getting over the hump of, 
well, we just got to invest in one and right. Because with, well, with home rentals, right. You're investing in the property with the hopes, right. Without necessarily any guarantee. I mean, it's kind of like being in a, you know, going into getting master's in nursing, we go through, you know, two years or three-year programs and the likelihood is that we will find employment, but there's no guarantee on that. There's no guarantee you'll actually pass boards. Right. So, I mean, it is, how do you get over that initial hump of, oh, well, we're going to do this, even though it's not certain. I can't, I don't know that I'll be able to rent it, but I'm just going to go all in and just like, see what happens. I think that the timing was right. So, you know, at the time I knew that this particular area was renting really well. I knew that the real estate market, it was obviously not nearly as hot as what it ended up getting to here this year, but I knew that it was hot enough that, you know, Hey, if this, for whatever reason, didn't work out, we would be able to sell it and kind of move on. Mm-hmm. Wow. Kind of the first purchase. Did you, when you got into it, were you like, Oh yeah, we're going to end up having a portfolio of uh, properties or was it like, no, we're just going to do one and see how it goes. I think initially I was just thinking real small, like just honestly two or three or so. And then some point as I saw that things were quickly getting rented and it was relatively straightforward. I was like, you know, 10 sounds great. And, um, our realtor and my husband kind of like laughed, but then they were like, well, we could have a goal of 10. Mm-hmm. And then so, do you, do you do the management of the properties yourself? So, um, what I really like about this is we actually found a property management company and for like the first month's rent. And then like, I want to say $75 a month, they manage everything. So honestly, I could buy a place, turn the keys over to them and they would do everything else. But there's also the option to get in there, do some of the work ourselves, um, or, you know, have a little more hands-on if we would want to. Mm-hmm. Um, do, is this, is this kind of where you thought you would be in 2022? No, not at all. Um, you know, like I just, I think starting out as a nurse and you're not making as much as what you end up making as an NP and you have all the student loan debt. I think that I was just worried that kind of the student loan debt was going to hang around for a while. I wasn't going to have much financial flexibility, but honestly, I just kind of worked on aggressively getting rid of that. And then we paid off our home, like, I don't know, or like sometime in 2019. And that was kind of part of the idea of like, our financial planners always said, you know, like if you pay something off, where are you going to put that money next? So it's not just like free money that you just turn into random spending. Yeah. Right. Inevitably spun. Um, I'm excited about where things are. Why? I just, I, feel a good sense of, um, I'd say security, but also, um, I don't know, I'm motivated, I'm interested. So then, you know, when I go to work Monday through Thursday, I'm interested in what I'm doing there. And then I also have, you know, other things that I'm doing outside of work. Mm -hmm. So I just, I feel like if I would have continued to extend what I was doing Monday through Thursday into a side hustle or into like more and more hours. There are definitely enough patients to do that. Uh, but I just feel like I would have kind of burned myself out on that. How many hours a week do you invest in kind of your clinical work versus real estate work? Would you say? 
Um, I would say that the, on like a really normal week, like about 90% of my time would be clinical work and 10% would be real estate. But, you know, if, if it's a week where I'm looking at numerous houses or, um, you know, working on the deal itself or getting things rolling, that can be a little bit more time consuming with meeting people for inspections, um, walkthroughs, going and looking at different houses, which I always think it's a good idea to see numerous houses in a day because you're already out. Like, mm-hmm. let's see a couple of places in the same day and you can kind of compare them to each other. And then also you don't feel like you wasted your time if you go out and see one that's a dud. Mm-hmm. Because let me tell you, the way they do photography these days, they oh could sell God. like a little piece of crap place. I just <laughs> look of them. Awesome. Do you use Airbnb much? A little bit. Airbnb, I swear. I mean, I love Airbnb and, you know, VRBO and all these sites. And I, I, the past couple of places that we've stayed, I have walked in there and been like, really, really like this, like this just doesn't, it's a little different than what I, what I had anticipated in the pictures. I mean, I would agree with you photography as well. And, you know, I guess we could always go back to like how many people are using photography with filters and, you know, with, mm-hmm. um, you know, smoothing out edges and, you know, taking off portions of the arms, your arms look skinnier and stuff. But I don't, I, I've just been really surprised, I guess, a little bit impressed, a little bit annoyed just because it has gotten good. And if you have somebody who can really capture a place, that place can look stunning on in photos and like a real piece of shit when you walk in the door. Totally agree. I also like to kind of cross-reference what does it say as far as square footage compared to what do the pictures look like? Mm -hmm. They can really distort how big a bedroom looks or that sort of thing. Yeah, agreed. So, okay. So a couple hours a week then every week for real estate. Mm -hmm. What was the investment in terms of kind of your time for figuring, like getting started with real estate? You talked about the five hours on the podcast and would you mind sharing the name of the podcast? Yes. Um, I like bigger pockets podcast. We tried a few different ones, but that one seemed to be very consistent, reliable information. And they covered a wide variety of topics. Okay. But one thing that I liked that they suggested, um, that, you know, does somewhat overlap with what you tell people is, you know, stick to something that you're good at and keep going and develop that angle of things before you're trying to do numerous different things or don't, you know, you don't have to recreate things just. And so we've applied that to, you know, kind of a certain neighborhood or certain area that we know rents well, we know what to expect for prices, that sort of thing. And so we've really kind of focused in on that area for purchasing first and then kind of somewhat expanded from there. Mm -hmm. So start small and go with what you know. Yeah. Right. Okay. And I, I think, you know, maybe the initial investment time-wise, I mean, I probably spent a similar amount of time to like a normal work week, getting the foundational knowledge going on what to expect real estate wise, and then spending some time familiarizing with, you know, what can you expect to get for what amount of money, which has obviously greatly changed in even just two years, but. Yeah. What, tell me what the, you know, what's the interest or I guess the angle for you in terms of having real estate? Like, is it, well, I'm going to make so much money that I 
um, create enough revenue to offset what I make clinically and then step out of clinic work? Or is it, you know, well, we, we take 10 and we turn 10 properties into 20 and, and then both of us retire at, you know, I don't know, in the next five to 10 years, what's the plan do you think? Yeah, I think I'd like to use it as an opportunity for us to retire early if we want to. But also, I think you and I have talked about this before. It's also just nice to know that you could retire if you wanted to. So, you know, right now I've already more than replaced my clinical income with the rental income. Um, And obviously there's, you know, cost versus actual profit to speak to there, but um, it's just, it's nice to know that that's set up in place so that if, or when we don't want to work anymore, it's an option to opt out sooner than, you know, just kind of using a traditional 401k, so to speak. Yeah. And I think you're right in that. I mean, the power of choice is really important for a lot of people, just knowing that you could, right. Versus being that mindset of being like, oh, I have to stay in this shit place, or I've got to work 40 hours with, you know, on paper or a 1.0 FTE, which ends up being 50 or 60 hours on, you know, just based on all the extra work that comes with it. Um, If somebody was getting started in real estate or, you know, purchasing homes, either to flip or rent, what advice could you give them? Yeah, so I would say definitely do your research just to get informed about how the process goes as a whole. And like like we already do in healthcare, build your team and know who you can count on. So, you know, for example, find a realtor who is just the right amount of motivated and interested, but isn't, you know, overwhelming you. Um, you know, somebody that seems to have similar goals and can be beneficial with their knowledge that's obviously completely different than my educational background. And also, you know, kind of be honest with yourself. Do you have the time and want to be, you know, going out on a weekend or at night to fix somebody's broken toilet? Or do you want to be scheduling these service calls? Or would you rather hand over $75 a month and let someone else handle it? Um, you know, and if you're on call at work in your healthcare job, do you want to be on call for another job? Probably not. So, you know, kind of think about what amount of money is your time also worth? Mm-hmm. So, and, you know, also, if you want to have some anonymity in it, you know, having a property management company versus, you know, them saying, oh, well, this person who I know works in healthcare is my landlord. And mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. And have, and I agree with you. I mean, if that, you know, especially for those of us who are in healthcare or don't want, maybe don't want, you know, the, that kind of scrutiny or the public eye or whatever it is. And we just want to, you know, we want to be present. We want to be able to make the decisions. We want to be able to make the purchases, complete the transaction and also be resourced enough where we can have people come in on the back end to fulfill the service portion of it, whether it's the fixing the toilets or, um, writing up the contracts or, you know, addressing rental concerns or people who have defaulted on rent. I mean, I think it's a, you know, if some people love that portion of it, and if you don't, you don't love all of that, right. Then it's clearly not going to be a great fit. Um, and my friend is a nurse practitioner and she and her husband have a rental home and they had a disgruntled, um, tenant come to their house you know, to pay rent, but they were upset about having to pay rent during the pandemic. So you just, I, I don't necessarily need that level of connection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, 
how, what's your version of living the good life? What does it look like for you? My gosh, such a good question. I enjoy stability in general, like a pretty typical structure to my schedule for the week, but I also love flexibility. So I want to know that, you know, if something important is going on that I could take off if I wanted or needed to, I want to know that I can go on vacations regularly. I love doing that. Um, and I just, I think the good life for me, I just, I need to kind of be stimulated mentally on a regular basis and have, you know, just kind of continue to learn and grow in my knowledge of whatever I'm interested in. So it's a little bit of flexibility to do what you want. It's a little bit of travel because you enjoy that. It's a little bit of learning and growth because that feels, sounds like it feels fulfilling to you. Like it's, it feels um, satiating to you, be a person who kind of continues to immerse and grow. Um, what about in terms of kind of a schedule for you? Like what's the, what's the dream schedule? The dream schedule would be maybe two to three days of work a week would be great. And then having the rest open to fill as I please. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you're close. I mean, you're closer than you were a couple of years ago, huh? Right. Yeah. Okay. When, so you're going to put a stake in the ground. You're going to say, oh yeah, I'm going to do it by, we're going to have 10 properties by midnight on, you know, December 31st, 2022, or, uh, you know, I'm going to be a two day a week NP in 2023. Do we have any plans? I don't have any set deadlines, I would say, but, or like goals for that. But I would say, I'd like to get the next two homes probably here in the next six to nine months, probably mm -hmm. get them up. And then you'll have your portfolio of 10 homes, 10 real okay. rental. And then kind of decide what things look like from there. So that's the goal. So we're just going towards 10 for now. Mm -hmm. I could, I could see it expanding in the future. Um, you know, and you can kind of leverage what you have against what you want. Would you say you're a person who sticks to your goals? You're like, yeah, I'm going to make it 10 and then I'll figure it out when I get there. Yeah. 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 Good for you. You know, it's funny because even, uh, even in some of the work that I do, as you know, I mean, with, with coaching and stuff, um, we see people change, um, you know, change trajectory all the time. Right. And you said it a little bit earlier, uh, in their interview, like take something that you like and that you will enjoy and kind of dig your teeth into it and know it's gonna, you know, there'll just be a learning curve along the way. It might be steep, it might not be. And the benefit is sink your teeth into it, keep going. You know, you'll figure it out as you go. Um, and I, I think it's interesting just to think about how many times sometimes the brain will offer like, oh, but like, sh you know, shiny bright object syndrome, like, oh, but we should just sell them all. We'll just flip them and let's just sell all the damn properties. You know, I wonder if that thought's ever crept up. Like, I'm sick of this shit. <laughs> I'm not going to fix another toilet. And get me out of here. Why did we do this? This is terrible. Did you ever have any of that? I would say no. Um, okay. I've been pretty stuck on, you know, once we decided that this was what we were going to do, I was good with that idea. I do enjoy from time to time getting on like Zillow or whatever, and taking a look at what they project that the house is worth now and kind of, you know, more writing all of those down and what did we pay versus what are they worth now? And, you know, that of course is a little, you know, tempting to be like, well, we could turn that amount of money into this amount of money. 
but you got to think big picture and long-term goals. So long-term goals, you could probably write a course on long-term goals. You could be Mm -hmm. like, yeah, just follow my method, go all in, pick something you like, don't change trajectory, set one goal, keep going until you achieve it. And then, you know, figure out where you want to go from there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. And I think my, um, my husband or my realtor and I, we joke about um, like kind of my role in the team is I'm the closer. So I kind of like to use that competitive edge and the idea that I know what I want. So once we find a place that's like, okay, well, this would be great. I like to work on the logistics of how could we get this, you know? So the people who own the home, do they need to move quickly? Okay. Well, we can close quickly. Um, do they need money towards closing? Great. Here's money towards closing and just take that out of like how much we were going to offer or, you know, you just got to kind of individualize things. Yeah. And find what you like to do and your portion of it. Yeah. So it doesn't feel like it's such a bear. Yeah. And that's probably, I bet you that's probably one of the reasons that you've been able to avoid some of that, (laughs) the whole, you know, like, oh, woe is me. This is terrible and stuff, right? If you find the things that you like to do and you sink your teeth in, you know, I would imagine on the flip side of that and, and you commit to the long-term knowing full well, we're not in this for the short term. The market will go up and down. It will have its moments. It will have its peaks and valleys and, you know, such as life. And I'm here for the long-term and, you know, we're in it to win it. And we just kind of keep our eye on the prize and the eventual prize. Um, I think you'll laugh at this. Um, I'm up in women who cultivate with you, as you know, and started that sometime earlier this year. And it's funny because when I started it, I started it at least partially because I wanted an idea of what to work on or what kind of a project or a side hustle that I could or should be doing. And literally just probably within the last month or two clicked, I was like, real estate, I'm already doing it. Like, because you kept saying like, you know, just in different presentations, like, you know, take what you're already doing and just kind of expand upon that. And I was like, wait a minute. I'm already doing it. Let's stop trying to reinvent the wheel. So it was hilarious because I was like, I feel like anybody else would have been like, duh. Oh my God, that's hilarious. I don't think back when we talked, I don't think that real estate ever came up in the conversation. I mean, I think the only reason we're talking about it now is because we had, you know, there was like an off a comment or something at the end and that I asked and, and you were talking about, you know, what you guys do on the side and yeah, you're absolutely right. You've been doing it. You've been building it this whole time. Um, and I think for a while, my mind just had these as two totally separate things. There's NP Ashley, and then there's Ashley who's into rental investment and not like, you know, put it all together. And they're both part of me and they're both things that I do because I enjoy it. And you know, good source of income and, you know, future opportunities. Yeah. Well, good for you. I mean, you're creating such a path for yourself and that's phenomenal to see. And I'm sure somebody's going to probably go and check out, wait, what's the name of the podcast? Say it one more time. Uh, Bigger pockets. Somebody's going to go check out bigger pockets after listening to this and be like, I'm going to go buy a rental property and I'm going to go and come up with a plan over the next five years that I could you know, well, actually, here's a question for you. Clarify this, because I know you said it, but I want to make it very clear for those who are listening. How long did it take before you realized um, you were like, oh, shit, I have enough where I've replaced my clinical income? Like, how how long was that? Because you've not been doing this for that long. 
You know, I honestly think that that was part of my realization in the past month or two as well. I was like, wait a minute. I mean, that was, you know, that was obviously part of the goal initially, but I think that things were just kind of spinning into motion so quickly um, that I wasn't keeping track of kind of like the overall tally of where we were at with things. So, but we could comfortably say within, you know, two years, roughly less than two years, right. You could start some sort of a venture with real estate and you could create enough revenue where you could, and enough profit, right. Cause we know profit, all profit is, is profit equals revenue minus expenses. So we always have to think about when we're starting a business, which many of us, I don't think, you know, know off the bat. I certainly didn't know it off the bat. I was like, oh, all the money that we make, it just comes right into my pocket. No, not true. Actually. We have You're like, what's overhead, <laughs> right? What's overhead, right? What's, what are expenses? What's a PL? So, you know, the beauty is when you start to see like, oh yeah, actually, there's enough profit in there that I could, you know, create, um, uh, that I have stability from it and enough where it could replace my income in less than two years. And that's, I think something that for many people probably feels like far off, like, no, that's not quite possible. And actually it is like, it's not like, like, that's not something that, you know, that is possible. And we know we have evidence because you're doing it. Right. Yeah. And it's interesting the area um, where the rental homes are, they're renting within like a week of posting them that they're available. So there's not even the downtime of kind of losing money, you know, relatively speaking in the first, you know, few months waiting to find someone to rent. To get in there and rent even, right. So, well, I mean, and- curious if anybody's interested, the, it's a hot market right now. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, so, Right. I think this is great because I think you've um, talked and I love how you're so comfortable talking about it. I look at real estate and I'm like, I don't know. I kind of look at it like I did business several Mm -hmm. years ago. Like it's not for me. And that's actually not true. Right. We own a home. We are, you know, we have a mortgage. Like we, we have, um, we've been in a couple of homes at this point, whether they've been condos, apartments or, you know, um, home, like actual larger homes. And, um, and I, that's the beauty is that, you know, this could be for, I mean, it's, it doesn't sound like it was that complicated to get into. Well, here's a question for you to answer this. What was, what was harder learning how to become an NP and doing NP work or the real estate business? What do you think? Um, NP by far. By I, mean, far. It, I, I think NP felt more, um, natural and I felt somewhat comfortable, like, okay, I've, I've been a nurse. I'm comfortable with that. Let's keep growing. But I mean, my real estate knowledge was not large at all. I mean, this is the first home that I've owned. I have plenty of knowledge of renting homes or, you know, places, but I I mean, I didn't understand, you know, the various types of loans or the details of, you know, all the different kind of the breakdown of cost or, you know, what does it mean if something appraises for a certain amount, but the price is being sold at this amount. So, I mean, there are just so many different facets of it that I didn't know about, but I will say, I think that it's quicker and easier to learn about because I mean, really I spent like roughly a week kind of intensively studying it. 45 hours, right? Obviously the board of nursing would not be okay with you doing that for NP school. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and I, I think it's fascinating just to look at that and say, wow, 
We spend three years to learn the craft. And, you know, you look at something like real estate and you're like, yeah, you could go out there and listen to a podcast. And, you know, within maybe a week, you could actually start looking and maybe within a month, purchase your first property. Like that's that, right. It's not like a, oh my God, it's going to take me five years to make some money, or it's going to take me 10 years, or it's going to take me so much money and it's going to take so much time. And like, it's so hard, that whole mentality. It's like, actually, I think you've shown that it's not. And it's definitely something that you can get into in your own way. So, you know, you can start small, get one place, watch that go for a while and just make sure you feel comfortable with it and move on from there. Or, you know, there are people who go in on things like with family or with friends, or they buy like, you know, I don't know, a duplex or, you know, something different. And then they have two sources of income within one purchase. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, right. We're getting fancy. We could actually, there's all sorts see, isn't it interesting? There's all sorts of ways to make money. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. There's all sorts of ways to do things that are interesting to you, right. As a human, there's all sorts of ways to make money. And it's funny. We were just, um, we're putting together the curriculum for, Nurses Living the Good Life, the uh, our mastermind, which is going to start in January. We were just talking about one of the activities, and we have it in Women Who Cultivate too, is um, 50 ways to make money and just going through and forcing yourself to come up with 50 ways. And it's an activity I did many years ago. And I was so annoyed and, and resentful about having to do the damn activity. It's my first business coach was like, sit down and write out 50 ways that you could make money. And I was like, Oh yeah, this is so stupid. And I sat there and by, you know, number, I got to probably 15 or 16 and I was just so annoyed and I couldn't think of any more. And she was like, I don't care what you got to do, put your you know notebook down, go walk away, you know, come back to it tonight, come back to it tomorrow. But she's like, but don't come back tomorrow morning when we start again at 8am, don't come back here without 50 ways. And by God, I went home and I had like a good cry because I was like, oh my God, it's so hard to make money. Oh, you know, it was so hard. It, it felt so hard. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's just funny now looking back. And, and then once that I like, once I had like my cry about it and had my big old pity party for myself, um, then I looked at it and I was like, oh, like, I don't know, I could I don't know, make some jewelry or I could sell something on Facebook. And I was like, you know, oh yeah, I could, uh, I've got this one dresser drawer that I could totally paint and refurbish and put some chalk paint on and throw some new, you know, hardware on it and probably sell it. And then, and then all of a sudden an idea started flowing. And I mean, I got to 50 and I was like, oh my God, there's so many ways to make money. And it was so, I mean, I, and just from a, you know, place of just awareness and just looking at it and thinking, oh my gosh, it's so interesting. There are so many ways to make money that are out there and there are ways that we can use the skills that we have. We can do it in a traditional setting that we're accustomed to like in healthcare, or you could take a lot of your ability to do some due diligence and you know, to do investigative work and to go in and be the closer. And it, uh, closing the deal is probably very similar to closing the chart and making sure that you know your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. Like I would imagine there's some similarities in there. So if, if, if you're willing to look outside of the box or think outside of the box, there is so much opportunity. If you're willing to just allow yourself to see it or envision what could be possible. I mean, 
And don't you think that that's gotten a little easier as you've gotten further away from having one paycheck that comes in every two weeks? Absolutely. As soon as you start making money in like even one additional way, even if it's a small amount, it's like, oh, I didn't even think about like, you know, I could be doing this and that. And oh, yeah. I, the first time I, when I put a book up on um, Amazon, uh, it was one I did right before I was leaving clinical practice. And, you know, like my mom bought it. it, like I had, I think four sales off of it or something, but I got a royalties check from Amazon, from Kindle Direct Publishing. And I'll never forget, we had, um, we usually have friends up for Memorial Day weekend. I think it was either Memorial Day weekend or some summer holiday. And this is, you know, 2019 and I was getting ready to leave clinical practice and we had them, our friends here on the back deck. And we were out, I don't know if we were playing flip cup or we were just like hanging out on the back deck, but there was probably maybe eight or 10 of us. We used to do summer festivus. And I got this email for whatever reason, my phone dinged and it said like KDP royalties. And I was like, what? And I opened it up and I think the royal, I mean, this is so ridiculous. The royalties were like $2 and 37 cents after all the costs of the printing and all the, you know, I mean, and the minimal sales, I mean, it had literally no sales. And I'm telling you with that $2, I literally, and I'll never forget, I was standing here at the head of the table on the deck and my, a couple of my friends were around and I was like, oh my God, I just made money, you know, and, and they were, they, one of them got a bottle of champagne. We popped the champagne. And I, I just had that moment where I was like, oh my God, it's so possible. It's mm-hmm. not like, and, and it could, it could be for me. And I know, I know $2 and 36 cents or whatever the hell it was is nominal. It's nothing. Right. And it's everything at the same time, because it's just like, oh shit. If I can write something, literally get on Microsoft word, type some shit out, take some pictures of myself in the backyard, which is exactly what I did with this book and, and show some things that I'm doing in my own life that were supportive to me. And I can put them in a book format and sell that shit. And somebody will buy it. I was like, oh my God, what is going on right now? I, it just blew my, it totally blew my mind. I thought, oh my God, there's no way that I'm ever back. Your first victory definitely doesn't need to be big to set things in motion. No, I mean, not at all. Right. Like they can be the small things that really kind of get you, get you through it. But no, back to your original question. Yes. I think it gets much easier the more that you start to see, right? As your brain, as you allow, you build the evidence and then your brain builds that belief of, oh yeah, right. It could, it's possible, right? And it that belief system develops the more times that you see the email come through. Congrats, you just sold another Kajabi program. Congrats, you just sold another book on, you know, Amazon KDP royalty check. Like the more that you see those, the more you build your belief that it's possible. And I mean, but it's a, it's, I think it's so, it's so far. And I don't know if it's the same for you, but it's so far removed from where I was, you know, four to five years ago, thinking about like, you know, just in the doldrums of clinical practice and thinking, oh my God, I'm going to, I'm literally just going to die here. And, Mm -hmm. you know, this is not, this is just not how it was supposed to happen. And, oh no, what's going on? What am I going to do next? Well, and think about the amazing amount of autonomy in picking something that you're interested in and continuing to go in that direction that's removed from your normal nine to five, so to speak. Uh, Because I mean, you know, at the end of the day with real estate, I don't have certain 
documentation goals that I have to meet. And, uh, you know, I have to commiserate with people for one moment because I frequently see people complaining like, oh, charting is terrible. It's taking up so much of my time. And I did not appreciate that until this month when we switched to a new, new EMR. And I'm like, this charting is taking up too much of my time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Isn't that the truth? And I mean, think about it too, where if you're, if you are investing so much time in that and it's like, it's so consuming in terms of, you know, kind of that, that pattern of, you know, oh my gosh, like I got to figure out all the charting and I got to dot all the and, dot and cross all the T's and there's so much to do. And it's the system, the systems keep changing. And that just momentary feeling of like, I don't have enough capacity to actually go out at the end of the day and look for, you know, I'm not going to go spend my day off and look at a bunch of houses because I'm exhausted from having to deal with a shitty charting system. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. If people, you know, there are going to be a couple of people probably who are like, I need to figure this out because this gal knows what she's talking about. Where can they come and can they reach out to you? Will you field some questions for them if they want to get started in real estate? Yeah. Um, It might be easiest to just shoot me a message on like Facebook or I can, you know, post my email address in the link if you want. Okay. Okay. We'll put it if you want. We can, uh, um, we can post it up in the show notes and, um, or we'll have, we'll just direct people to find you on Facebook and send you a direct message too. That's a great, that's a good way to get in contact with you. Okay. Okay. All right. Well, I wish you so much continued success and, and you're an example, I think what's possible if you're willing to look outside the box, if you're willing to have cold feet and do it anyways, which you did, right. And if you're willing to go all in, I mean, I think you've, you've presented a lot of really great pearls throughout this. And these are things that, you know, we talk about all the time, right? Go all in, make your decisions from a place of really clean energy of like, not from a place of insufficiency or lack. Um, and then commit to, you know, do something that you're already, you know, already interested in, or that, you know, gives you some, like some reason to get up out of bed in the morning. I mean, um, so I think you've, you've given so many, you know, good uh, tidbits. There will be a lot, there, there will be someone, I want you to know, there will be someone who listens to this and who goes out and does something like buys a rental property, which is phenomenal. So you've helped change the world that way. And I appreciate you for that. That's awesome. Well, thanks for having me on. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. You guys know, reach out to Ashley if you have questions. Otherwise go check out that podcast and um, Ashley, keep going and we'll watch to see you have continued success. So, all right. Thanks for coming on the podcast. Good to see you. Awesome. You too. Thanks.